0: In the house of God, amen. Yeah. Amen. i invite Marshall Snyder to come up real quick. Marsh, we got a couple of announcements and one key announcement for Teen Challenge.
1: Awesome. PM. I thought through this, right? Hey, <laughs> don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird, wasn't it? <laughs> good, morning. Good, morning. good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody. Hey, how many of you have bought your Christmas tree already? Awesome, good. How many of you get fake trees? (laughs) Awesome, good. There's some of you that haven't got your tree yet, and I want to let you know, um, just recently I took a new position with Teen Challenge, and I'm excited about that, and the the fact that Bridgetown Inc., our organization that we started 13 years ago, is merging with uh, Teen Challenge, so pretty exciting stuff going on there, but one of the things that's happening is that this year we do a Christmas tree sale, and we have three lots that are opening right now selling those trees. And you think, wow, big deal, Christmas tree sale. But this is what I thought about when I looked at the trees, and I know what they're going for. Um, on the backside of your, on the back side of this flyer that each of you have, there is some of you have a guy Tanner, and then anoth- another guy on there, that uh, another guy named Marcus. And each of those trees to me represent a story of each one of these young men. Yeah. They're some of the most courageous men that I've met in my life. Every single, they have only been working at Teen Challenge down for one month. And every single day I go in there, I get to see Jesus at work. And he's at work, and he's transforming lives and touching these young men's life in a really, really powerful way. And so we're, we're always trying to raise funds. And why is that? Because Teen Challenge is a free program. We don't charge the young men to come in. We ask what they can give, if they can give. But other than that, we have to raise the funding to help get those guys through this program. And it is a challenge, believe me. And so we are asking you to come and buy a Christmas tree from us this year. We have three lots. We have one on McLaughlin down by the Balmer. You can see it's not at the Balmer, but it's on the corner of McLaughlin. What is it? What is it? Courtney, Courtney and McLaughlin, right there where the Teen Challenge thrift store is. There, you can go there and buy them. Our tree start at 25 bucks and and go up from there. There's some nice trees, and then we have another one right on 92nd at the Teen Challenge Center itself. So if you just go down the freeway, get off on Foster, take a right on or take a left onto 92nd, you'll see the t- the Teen Challenge Center right there, and there's some trees there. And then also on 82nd by the, um, it's kind of up by the. Um the standard T V appliance area right across the street from the old organ grinder. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The old organ grinder. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of you young people, you totally missed out. <laughs> you did. You did <laughs> missed out. The monkey, ch- ch- ch, you know, and uh but we, we would invite you to come right there. We have our new Teen Challenge thrift store there. Also, if you go in there, all the, the ornaments are off. Are, uh, they're discounted and stuff like that. But come on down. Even if you can't, if you, if you have a fake tree, like I have a fake tree, but I bought a tree this year because every time I look at that tree and the lights twinkle, I'm just thinking, you know what? We're saving a life. Yeah. We are saving a come life. On. And uh, come on down and hang out with us and buy a tree on there today. They're all out there today. The boys are out there. The guys that are running the stands, are guys in the student. They're guys in the program. And some of you sponsor them and love on them. But come on down today, the whole rest of Christmas, and buy a tree and bless those boys. It's it's an awesome opportunity. So thank you for the opportunity. Yes, sir. What about
0: a donation?
1: You, you can make a donation as well. Um, go, for, You can do it there or do it here, write it, Give it to you the church there, and they'll make sure we get it. But we appreciate that. and uh, But we want to make sure that you get this information. But check it out. If you have more questions, I'll be around after the service. Thanks, Dave. I awesome. really appreciate it. Great. Good job. Give it up.
0: So we have a whole host of additional announcements. Are you ready for this? Uh, We have no evening service tonight here on campus. So those of you Sunday evening uh, worshipers and you after-worship basketball players, none of that is happening tonight. Uh, There's a game night coming up on Friday, December 2nd at our facilities down off of 135th, the Promise Center. If you have any questions. Jenny Holland is right here. Jenny, just stand up real quick. She'll give you the details. It's an opportunity to connect with your church family. So if you've been thinking, man, I need to meet some folks, I need to get involved, I need to connect, come and be a part of the game night. Our men's mini conference this coming Saturday, December 3rd, from 8 o'clock in the morning to 11 a.m. We have phenomenal speakers, Al Egg, chaplain for the Portland Trailblazers for 35 years, uh, he's the, he is currently the chaplain for the Portland State Vikings. Is going on 37 years doing that and a phenomenal brother. Neil Lomax, eleven or er nine year NFL, two year Pro Bowl guy, uh, loves the Lord. He's going to be sharing. We have Jeff Hart, eleven years in the NFL uh, and USFL, and he is going to be sharing a phenomenal brother. And then Dr. Mark Strong, some of you know Dr. Mark Strong, uh, a minister, pastor in our community and uh, loves the Lord and a great, great speaker. So, fellas, register. You can register here, but you need to go online to our website, click on the men's conference and get your tickets online. That will help us. And we would like for you to do that between today, tomorrow and Tuesday. So, purchase your tickets early. That will help us with our counts. women's Christmas dessert coming up Thursday, December 15th, so important information there, 630 to 9, tickets are available this morning, so encourage you in that area. We have our uh, special delivery musical Sunday night, and it is uh, the God Squad Academy, and we want you to be uh, making plans to come out for that on December 18th. Uh, let's see, the Christmas dinner for the SOAR group, the 55 and above, it's a potluck white elephant gift exchange, that's forthcoming, uh, on December 10th, and that will be at the Schleba house, and so if you would like more information on that, Gil and Francine, or Gil, I see you, if you just wave your hand, 55 and above, see Gil, he'll get you the details on that. I think. I think that's all. We also, just weekly events, want to let you know that we have pre-service prayer happening now every single week uh, at 9 o'clock from 9 to 9.45. And we would invite you to come and be a part of our pre-service prayer. It's meeting in the teacher's lounge. And so be praying for not only our church family, our missionaries, but the church in this North Clackamas area and the church in our, uh, what I would call the Portland metro area. All right. Oh, and finally, Joel, you thought I forgot. I have now, holding in my hand, this marvelous trophy, the Hillside Christian Fellowship Chili Cookoff Champion Trophy. It's esteemed, highly sought after. Next Sunday, immediately following service, we have a time of fellowship. It's our Chili Cook-Off. Several have registered to have their chilies to be judged by several in the congregation, and we would like to invite you to come out. It is raising funds for our Chile mission trip. We have some five to seven that will be going down to Chile in March, March 17th through the 27th, and this is helping to raise funds for that team that is going down there to work with our missionaries, Rick and Laurel Ellis. And so we want to invite you first to plan to be here. It's a fundraiser. Help us in terms of that lunch and that meal. And come also just for the fellowship. Can I get a hearty amen? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, man, I just love you. (laughs) Yeah, and then just come. That's the the atmosphere we're looking for. Just that loving environment where we get to fellowship around some good chili. Uh, There's probably going to be some kind of cornbread or something. I don't know all what's going to be there. But I know this. We need a handful more desserts. So if you would like to be a dessert provider, that would be marvelous. And uh, you can see Joel Seal. Joel, will you just stand there in the back? There's Joel. If you have questions, he is the one who is uh, the uh, beholder of the esteemed Chili Cook-Off Trophy. Ah, It's exciting. All right. How are we doing? All right. It's about quarter till. That's how I see it on the clock behind us. Does that look about right to you guys, quarter till? Great. That gives me about three hours. That's perfect. Will you turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Genesis chapter 15? As we continue our walk through the scriptures, we come to Genesis chapter 15. We are picking up the pace a little bit, so likely next week uh, we will move forward a few more chapters. So to stay up with us in your daily Bible reading and your weekly Bible reading, you can be reading chapters 16, 17, and 18, if you will, so I want to encourage you in that area. And again, we won't have evening service tonight, so those of you who are a part of our verse-by-verse study, we invite everyone to come out for that. Next Sunday night, we'll be covering 15 through 17, so I encourage you to be a part of that. But this morning, I want us to focus, we're going to read the first six verses, but we're going to draw attention to verse 1, and that's where we're going to hunker down. Um, This is the Abrahamic Covenant... And it's a powerful portion of scripture because every other covenant in the word of God stems from this covenant. And every one of us in this room are the recipients of the blessings of this covenant. In fact, Paul, writing to the churches of the providence of Galatia, he wrote under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, we are blessed with believing Abraham. We are blessed with believing Abraham. The blessings of that covenant are ours. And what God says to Abraham very specifically this morning in verse 1, I would submit to you that these same words the Lord would be speaking to each one of us, individually and all of us collectively. Chapter 15, verse 1. After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Then Abraham said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my own house is my heir. And Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he, Abraham, believed in the Lord, and he, the Lord, accounted it to him for righteousness. Father, in the next few moments, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, I pray that our hearts would be inspired. I pray, God, that we would be uh, encouraged. Encouraged, Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So may our faith be strengthened this day. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said a strong amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, as we dive into this portion of scripture again, our focus this morning is on verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield, your exceedingly great. that come to my mind initially. Number one, this portion of scripture, verses one through six is a significant portion of scripture in that we have a number of first mentions in this scripture and for those of you who are students of the word of God and you know in your Bible hermeneutics, when there is a first mention that is going to tell us something that is of great detail or great importance. And uh, this is the first mentioning of the word. The word. It's an interesting Hebrew word here. It's been translated word. It's been translated uh, verbs or actions, if you will. And this is the word of the Lord. Now, unique to this is in the context of what is said. It's in a vision that the word of the Lord came to Abram saying, "Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield." This is in the first person and this is God himself speaking. Many theologians would hold that the word of the Lord here may in fact in vision be a Christophany or a theophany, God visiting Abraham in a vision. And the vision lasts literally all day. We won't go through the entire chapter today, but it lasts all day. Abraham is awake. He's having a conversation, and his conversation is with the Lord. It's fascinating. Now, he says, do not be afraid. And before we get there, let me suggest to you and I, Because there's not a person here, likely, that wouldn't like to hear the word of the Lord for you. How many of us long for the voice of God in our lives? No doubt there are some here who have been praying for some period of time. And it would seem as if heaven has been quiet. And you've wondered, where is the word of the Lord? Where is the voice of God? Why is God not speaking to me? And sometimes we get self-consumed and very sorrowful that it appears that heaven is quiet. And so, how does and how did the word of the Lord come to the Old Testament, Old Testament patriarchs? Or even, for that matter, the New Testament saints? How do we find Personal appearance of God himself, we certainly see that in scripture. An audible voice, we've seen that in scripture. In visions and dreams, we certainly have seen that in scripture. Perhaps you're here today and you've had dreams or visions and the Lord has spoken clearly to you through dreams and visions. The ministry of angels. This time of year when we celebrate the birth of Christ, we certainly know that Gabriel, the angel, visited Mary and spoke on behalf of the Lord to her. By the working of the Spirit of God upon our minds, perhaps you've felt the prompting of God's Spirit speaking to you in your intellect and in your mind. I know just this week I had a couple opportunities where God spoke very intelligibly, if you will, using my reason, and it was absolutely fascinating for me personally as I was simply studying the Word of God and He was speaking to me in what I would call my mind from His Word. It was being illuminated, if you will. I trust that you have had that opportunity where God's living Word has had an impact in your life in that way by making alive a passage of Scripture, perhaps it's the impression in your heart where you feel it deep within, and God is bringing conviction or convincing you of who He is, that He is with you. And so He is speaking in these ways. And He speaks through the ministry of prophets and preachers, those who teach the Word of God. He is speaking. The Bible reminds us and tells us in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3 seven letters to seven churches. At the conclusion of each of those seven letters, again, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. He's speaking today, and he's speaking right now in the midst of this service. There will be those who sense God speaking and prompting you in areas of your life. And our encouragement is to always be obedient to the Lord, always be obedient to the word of God. The beauty is his spirit will never contradict the written word of God. And so we can have confidence when we sense the spirit of God prompting us in our hearts or in our minds. We can go to the word of God and confirm these principles that he is speaking to us that we might employ in our lives. So, again, God is letting us know and reminding us in this verse that he is speaking. And he speaks. So in Genesis chapter 15, one, three things God says to Abraham. And I would suggest to you again that he would be saying these same things to you and I. And we'll look at them. First, let's look at God's personal, and I'll call it psychological comforting. uh, God's ministering to the soul of man. Fear not. Fear not. The authorized version says not. It's not the first time that we've seen mentioned in scripture the word fear but it is the first time we've seen it with the word fear not. The word not. To not be afraid. It's interesting to note that the first time we are introduced to fear is way back when we were in chapter 3. Adam and Eve participated in disobedience to the commandment of the Lord. They sought to make coverings for themselves and in the cool of the day they heard the voice of the Lord in the garden and from fear they hid themselves from the Lord. And so fear caused Adam saying to Abram, fear not, fear not. And so uh, a slight contrast. I think sometimes we recognize that our fears can stem from our disobediences. The encouragement would be, don't be disobedient, right? You see, the Spirit of God is faithful, and he will remind us when we're disobeying him, when we're disobeying the word. And so it's our opportunity to walk in obedience and the encouragement, and we can have confidence before the Lord uh, when we're walking in obedience to the Lord. It is interesting also, this contrast real quickly between A, uh, Adam and Abram. Adam is the father of all mankind. Of all mankind. Abram, Abram is the father of all those It's noteworthy that Adam tried to make a covering for himself. Abram, God provided a covering. He said, I am your shield. I am your shield. I'm your covering. And noteworthy, Adam received a curse. In this text, why might Abram be afraid? He's told, do not be afraid. If we took an inventory of everyone who is here today, we would all probably give reasons of why we might be afraid. The things that cause us stress, the things that would cause us to tremble, the things that would cause us to fret, the things that would cause us to be uneasy. Anybody here ever been fearful, uneasy, stressed? Yeah, we're all in that boat. We've been there before. What might Abram, that God would say, do not be afraid, what might he have been fearful for? Well, if we went back into chapter 14, if we went back in the text, we would be reminded of what just transpired. Now, law, king of Sodom and all of Sodom had been ransacked by some five kings. So there were four kings that get ransacked by five kings. And Abraham gets word by one who has escaped that Lot, his relative, had been captured. And so Abraham gathers up the warriors in his own home, some 318 men, and they go out and they pursue the five kings. And He divides his company, they attack, and they win. They win the war. Not only does he take Lot back, but he takes everything from Sodom that had been captured, all of the people, the women, the children, and the men, as well as the loot. And he brings them back, and the king of Sodom comes out to greet him. And this is an interesting thing. The king of Sodom says, you keep the booty you keep the loot, just give me the souls, give me the people. Abraham says, no, I, I won't take any of it. I've made commitment to the Lord, and I won't have you saying, you're the cause of my wealth. The riches that I might have come from the Lord. And so he rejected. Now think about this for a moment. He was just on the offense, and he goes, and he wins. And he brings Lot back and he brings all the stuff back. How do you think Leomer, the king of the five kings, if you will, how do you think he's feeling right now about this whole deal? It's really interesting. Abraham, in, a, in many ways, should be expecting retribution that there is going to be a counterattack on him. You see, these five kings had come in and taken that which did not belong to them, and they left in victory. And now Abram comes in and takes what they took and gives it back to the rightful owners. These cats were probably not very happy about that. And so you could imagine in his own mind, he might be thinking, I'm on the defense now. He has no idea when the enemy might attack. Have you ever felt yourself being in a defensive mode, not knowing when your adversary might be coming to attack? I think we could all be in that state on a regular basis. We have an adversary, the devil, who roams around like a lion, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. and We do not know when he is going to attack. We know that when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and he was defeated by Jesus, the Bible tells us that he left a more opportune time that gives us a little insight on how our enemy works. Incidentally, a little side note also in terms of biblical typology, if you're one of those typologists and you like the pictures of the Old Testament that show us a little bit more, it's that remez that we've talked about, a little deeper meaning. You know that the king of Sodom is a type of Satan himself. Notice what Satan offered to Abram all of the stuff. But the king of Sodom said, I want the souls. I want the souls. Our adversary the devil is willing to give a lot of stuff. What does it gain a man if he gains the whole world but what? Forfeits his soul. He advised that those that you are believing for, those that you are praying for, can be being deceived right now by the riches of this world you may be sitting here today and you have been being pulled away by the allure of the amassing of wealth abraham is a great picture for us to not look to the world for wealth you remember that he went down to egypt during the great famine and he was it caused nothing but trouble in his life he turned to the world for his provision early on, only to discover that it was of zero value to him, and he goes back into the land of Canaan. Now he's saying, I'm getting my wealth from God. There are many believers in church, churches all around this community. Maybe you, you've been looking at the things of this world, and things that maybe the enemy has been offering to you. I want to encourage you today, by way of typology, Listen to Abraham. He said to the king of Sodom, I don't want the stuff. In fact, I want nothing. And so if the enemy is offering you some things, think that he also is seeking something greater, and that's in the value of the soul. So be wise in that regard. So uh, Abraham, or Abram, he is likely in a state of concern hey, these cats may be coming back. And that's conjecture. I I recognize that. But by way of identification for you and I, we have a lot of things that produce fear in us. Fear is like the opposite of faith. Did Abraham have anything truly to fear? No, he did not. He did not. He had the promise of God, which God is about to remunerate. To him or reiterate to him and establish again this covenant with him. And so I would say to you and I today fear not. We need not fear. Do not be afraid. No matter your circumstances, no matter what you may be facing today, no matter what trouble has come your way, some of it may have been your causing. It may have been based on decisions you have made. And now you are facing consequences. God still says, do not worry. Do not fear. Do not fret. God is God, and he will help. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. He is Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord, our shepherd. He is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, and He is with us. Isn't that great to know the Lord is here? He said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you." Listen, you and the Lord in every circumstance and situation you may face, you are the majority. You're the majority. Remember, Elijah's servant looked out the tent. And Elisha says to him, for praise to the father, that his eyes would be open. And he sees angels on chariots of fire. And Elisha says, those that are with us are more than those that are against us. We can have confidence. God is with us. So God says, fear not, Abram. I love that he addresses him personally. He calls him by name. I believe that the Lord would be speaking to each one of us today personally. Fear not, Dave. Fear not. Fear fear not. So he addresses the soul, if you will. Secondly, God's personal protective covering. For many years, I was in the steel industry. For those of you who have known me for a while, you know that for Ten years after graduating from college, I went into the steel industry working for uh, a family business owned by four families, a former Kaiser Steel company. We had nine manufacturing plants on the West Coast. And in those manufacturing plants, uh, God saw fit to raise me up to be an operations general manager. So I had a number of plants as responsible that I was responsible for. And there were a number of employees, many, many employees. And we were building things, and so every, every single one of the employees it was mandatory that they went through hours and hours of training. And I remember making videos back in the day when you had to have the VCR cameras up on your shoulders like this, and we were trying to make videos on our personal protective equipment so that we could train all of our employees unilaterally the same way. They could sit down and watch a video, and one of our foremen could take them through all of their personal protective gear. But boy, let me tell you how important personal protective equipment is when you're working around steel and things that are heavy, like a hard hat. If a 55-gallon steel drum decides to fall from stack three high or nine high, well, that's a pretty heavy object coming down. If you don't have your hard hat on, you're going to find yourself in the hospital, let alone you might uh, end up six feet under pushing daisies. So it's important that you had your safety gear on, your gloves, your hearing protection, your eye protection, all of those things, your steel-toed shoes. You had to have all the gear. There were certain positions where we had to have the leather chaps on. And if you didn't have the leather chaps on, well, I guarantee you, you were going to end up down at the hospital getting stitches across your legs from drums rolling across you that hadn't had a lid put on them yet. And so, personal protective gear. I am so thankful that in the Lord, God has provided personal protective covering. Here reminds Abram I am your shield I am your shield for the believer you may be reminded today of Paul's exhortation to the church in Ephesus in relationship to our spiritual armor the breastplate of righteousness the belt of truth our feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace the helmet of salvation our shield of what? Faith. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Lord is our shield. Why does he need fear not? Because God Almighty says, I to you, Abram, am a shield. Not only will I protect you from the front, from the right and from the left, and I am your rear guard. He is our covering and our protection. Some of you here this morning may be going through severe battles, severe conflict. Some of it is in the natural realm. Some of it is in the supernatural realm. Some of the parents that are sitting here, Praying for children that are away from the Lord. Some of you are praying for siblings that are away from the Lord. Some of you are praying for friends who have yet to give their hearts to Jesus at all. And you're waging war on their behalf. You see, the war is for the souls. Maybe your battle is in another area of your life. Maybe you're battling some health issues. Maybe you're battling some financial issues maybe you're battling some social issues if you're still battling over political issues stop it <laughs> Thought i might get at least one amen <laughs> if you're battling a social media issue <laughs> stop we talked a little bit about that last week but no matter what your issue is the lord he is your shield. Literally, from the onslaught of our e- the evil one who is seeking to destroy, to kill, steal, and destroy, the Lord is our shield, our deliverer, our defender. Turn with me in your Bibles real quick to Psalm 18. Get your pencil or pen ready to underline this verse. Psalm 18 This is a great psalm. As a new believer in Christ, I used to read Psalm 18 before every football play or every football game uh, that I ever played in. This was my prayer that God would help me, he would make my hands ready for battle, so to speak. Verse 2 says this, "The Lord is my rock, fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. We used to sing that song. Remember that, Pastor Dennis? I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I Be saved from my enemies. The Lord is our deliverer. He is our shield. Not knowing each of your specific circumstances or situations, will you also turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 is a fascinating story about King Jehoshaphat. going to read just a few verses, probably 20 verses, and then we're going to just look at it very briefly and see a couple of things that Jehoshaphat encouraged the people. It says this, it happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they are in Hazazon, Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. You might underline that. He feared, so he set himself to seek the Lord. And proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together, ask help from the Lord. There's another great piece of wisdom to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, "O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Abraham, the friend of God, as James tells us in James chapter 2. He said, and they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save.' And now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. But they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given to us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. They had no power against the enemy, and they didn't know what to do. So they looked to the Lord. Maybe you're here today, and you feel powerless, powerless in your circumstances. And you don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. They looked to the Lord. Now watch what God does. It says, he says, but our eyes are upon you. Verse 13. Now all Judah, with their little ones, their wives, and their children, stood before the Lord. I to invite you and your family, if you're going through something, will you just stand before the Lord? Go to the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. The Lord's arm is not too short to save. It says, verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite, or a Levite, and the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly, and said, and he said, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, it's God's. And he gives them instruction, and at the end of the day, God brings victory. I'll let you read the remainder of that chapter. Some encouragements for us to listen to the Lord, to stand, to not be afraid, also suggest to you, stop fighting in the natural. Stop fighting in the natural. Remember this. Paul tells us under the inspiration of the Spirit of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Though we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God mighty through God not our own weaponry the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God so hey stop fighting in the natural in using natural abilities and natural ways go to the Lord let him fight your battles for you here's the beauty he will show you what to do he will give you instruction. He says to them, "Tomorrow go down." Verse sixteen: Tomorrow go down to against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Jeruel. You will need. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And he goes on. And Jehoshaphat encourages the people even further and reminds them to stand and believe. Stand and believe. God is your shield, He's your shield, He's your protector. He's your deliverer, and he will. Stand and believe. Stand and believe. Have you believed the word of the Lord? Remember, it was said of Abram in verse 6 back in our text, and he believed in the Lord. He believed in the Lord. Can I encourage you today to believe in the promises of God, to stand fast, steadfast, In the promises of the word of God. Everything may be speaking against you. All circumstances could seem against you. Don't waver. Stand firm. Last week, Frank asked us men to stand. Then he had us link arms with one other brother. And then he had all the brothers link into a big chain. An object lesson. Listen, if you're wavering, you need your brother. The Bible tells us a brother is born for times of adversity. If your faith is wavering, go to the word of God. Rehearse the stories of God's faithfulness. Go to the Old Testament. See God's deliverance time and time again. But find a brother. Find several brothers. Find a sister. Sisters? Find a sister, someone who can uphold you and sustain you and stand with you. Thanks be to God, the Spirit, God's Spirit. He is the paraclete. He's the helper who comes alongside. Jesus told the disciples, he is with you, soon he will be in you. We have an advantage Jesus' disciples at that point did not have. If your faith today is in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is already in you. He is yet with you. He will walk alongside you, in you, and he has empowered you. You shall receive power after that. The Spirit of God has come upon you. With you, in you, upon you. Three relationships the believer has today. That's a distinct advantage. So God is with us. He is our protective covering. He is Jehovah Ruomi, the Lord, our deliverer. God, our protector and our preserver. And finally, God's, I call it God's provisional charity. God ministers to the spirit or to He's dealt with the soul of man. We just saw as a shield, he's dealing with the physical or the physicality of man, the body, if you will. And now he's going to deal or he's going to minister, if you will, to the heart of man. Fear not, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. Now you think about it. If you're anything like me, I'd like to profess to you that I'm a very spiritual guy. But I want you to know that I'm not always very spiritual. I try. I ask God to help me. But sometimes I get my eyes on the wrong prize. Anybody here ever do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do. And in this world, it's very easy to get distracted by stuff, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world. We must guard against that. We must guard against that. He says he's our exceedingly great reward. Jesus reminds us. He tells us that store up treasures for yourself in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, Abram was not too many hours earlier, or however long the time is, we don't know exactly. He was offered tremendous wealth from this world. The entire booty of the city of Sodom. Now, I can't speak on Abram's behalf, but I could certainly put myself in those shoes. Hmm, what could I do with all that wealth? It's kind of like driving by the lotto sign on I-205. $369 million, what could I do with that? I could give a lot of money to Teen Challenge. (laughs) (laughs) That would buy a lot of Christmas trees. I could do a whole lot of missionary work. And I know in the back of my mind, I'm seeing like, well, I probably could get another car because I need one of those. And oh, the boat and blah, blah, blah. And I, well, I need to finish this project at home and probably need another room and so forth and so on, right? And it just blah, 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 blah. And it's self, 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 self. And we just have to be very careful to guard ourselves. Our foe is crafty reminds us that. 2 Corinthians tells us. He's crafty. We're reminded about the wiles of the devil. He's putting things before us. Can I suggest to you, put your treasure in heaven. Put your treasure in heaven. Because if your heart's in heaven and your eyes are fixed upon the king who comes from heaven, much like the old hymn we used to sing and the things of earth shall grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace if we fix our eyes upon Jesus the author and finisher of our faith the things of this world will grow strangely dim and his influence in our life becomes less and less and less we saw a contrast between Abram and Lot, they both had stuff. They both had a lot of stuff. We saw their separation because there was such great stuff. It seems as though Lot's stuff had Lot. But Abraham's stuff did not have Abraham. Abraham simply had stuff, if that makes sense. It's perspective. And so, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In terms of provision, the Lord says, I am your exceedingly great reward. You know the story a little bit later of Abram when God calls Abram to take his only son up onto the mountain to offer his son. Isaac says, Here's the wood, and here's the fire, but where is the lamb? sacrifice and Abram with confidence in the Lord at that point said the Lord shall supply himself an offering which was prophetic twofold and the angel stopped Abram or Abraham from offering his son he turned and there stuck in the thicket was a ram God supplied Himself an offering. Prophetic, secondly, in that God provided on Calvary Himself a sacrifice. Abra, Abraham declared at that point on Mount Moriah, He said, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And I suggest to every one of you today, He is still. Jehovah Jireh, just as we open the service singing that song, Jehovah Jireh, he is our provider. Let us not look to Egypt. Let us not look to the things of this world. Let us not look to riches to bail us out. Let us not. Listen, if you're in financial dire straits, if you're in financial upheaval, that you're responsible for some of the decisions that have gone with that. In America, we are absolutely plagued with debt, and it ought not be that way. The Bible encourages us, owe no man anything but the debt of love. Hey, today is the day to start getting out. Stop, get a plan, and execute the plan. If it takes you 10 years, whatever it takes, execute the plan don't get any worse and find the liberty that god will help you in the times that you have right now and when you're in the place where you're debt free again in the future you'll have the liberty to do more in the kingdom of god listen god's not giving you an increase in the area of where you work you're not getting a raise so you can spend more money on you sorry that's not how it works in the kingdom of god you get raises so we can do more in the kingdom of God. And it's a trust issue. Does that make sense? I mean, it's a powerful principle. The sermon's not about money today. It has to do with everything that God has in our lives. We are but stewards. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me conclude with these three thoughts. Again, he is our provider. Let me give these names again. Let me do it this way. No matter your story. No matter your circumstances, he is Jehovah Shalom. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. The scripture tells us he is the Prince of Peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Ra'ah. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I what? Shall not want. Shall not want. Hey, fix your eyes on Jesus, right? He is our shepherd. He is Jehovah Shama. have no reason to fear because the Lord is with us he is with us and he will not forsake us hallelujah that's you can have confidence today god is with me god is with me no weapon formed against us shall what prosper no weapon shall prosper praise be to god the gates of hell will not prevail against it thanks be to the lord he is Jehovah-Ruomi, and uh, he's our deliverer. I use that word deliverer and synonymous with shield, and he is Jehovah-Jireh. Let's stand this morning. I'm going to ask, if you're here this morning, and it could, it could be any one of these three areas. Maybe you're here and you have fear. He says, fear not. He says, I am your shield. Maybe it's a protection thing and you're concerned because you're going through hardship and you've been under an assault. Or maybe it's some other thing and you've had your eyes elsewhere and not on the Lord. And you'd say, "I, I just need prayer this morning. I just need prayer this morning. Maybe you're here today and you've not given your heart to Jesus and you stand condemned in your sin. Or you've not repented of your sin. Though you may be saved, you're dealing with. All of the difficulties of this life because there's been no repentance in your life. I want to invite you. Invite Christ to be the Lord of your life. Give Him the reins of your life. And let Him bring salvation and deliverance from your troubles and your difficulties and your sin. If you're here and you've had fear, if you're here and god's assistance and help in your battles if you will or it's just outward stuff and not really the provisions of the lord it's been something else and you would just like prayer i'm going to invite you at this time just to close your eyes for a moment and if that's you and you would say include me in this prayer any one of those three areas will you just raise your hand where you're at right now this morning, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your written word. We thank you that you spoke clearly through a vision to Abram. And it was you, a theophany, a Christophany. You spoke. You said, Abram, don't be afraid. You would say to us today, don't be afraid. God, you know right where we are. You know our circumstances, and you're saying, don't be afraid. We receive that today. And we want to walk in the knowledge that you are said to Abraham, I am your shield. I'm your protector. I'm your defender. I am your deliverer. And you are our protector. You are our defender. You are our deliverer. May we look to you and trust in you like Jehoshaphat. May we stand and believe. Stand and believe and see the deliverance of the Lord. Thank you that when they arrived to the battlefield, Not only were the Amorites and the Moabites and all of Mount Seir, all they saw there at the battlefield, this this army that they could not stand against, they had no power and no idea what to do, they arrived and all they saw were bodies on the field of battle, dead. Lord, you want to do that kind of battle on our behalf. We just want to stand. So, Lord, help us to not get our hands in it. And finally, Lord, if we've been looking to the treasures and the riches of this world to both solve problems or to fill a void in our lives, may we be reminded that today you are our exceedingly great reward. May we recognize that we are no longer a part of the systems of this world. For the world... And the systems therein and the lusts therein is passing away. And that's not the thats not the kingdoms that we are a part of. We, our citizenship is in heaven and we are a part of a kingdom. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places and we are eagerly awaiting our king. Oh, may our eyes be fixed on Jesus and may our treasures be found in heaven so that our heart also will be there and not in this world. That we would find treasure in the things of the Lord. Help us, Lord. Transform us from the inside out. May we be more like Jesus today. God, be glorified and help. Help each one of us. Those who raise their hands, we look to you and say, Lord, help. Lord, help. We, like the children of Israel, we look to you and ask your help. Lord, help us to be changed. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said a strong amen. Amen. Listen, go in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. Have an amazing week in Jesus, and we'll look forward to seeing you back here next Sunday. God bless you.